All right, it is three minutes past 11, and I have on the phone Sheriff, Blue Earth County Sheriff Jeff Wurzel, who was a member of the, a former member of the River Valley Drug Task Force. Good morning, Sheriff. Good morning. And you have been sheriff for how long now here in uh, Blue Earth County? Well, since January 1, so seven months. And before that, you worked on the River Valley Minnesota River Valley Drug Task Force for quite a few years, correct? Yeah, I was the commander of the Drug Task Force from 2015 until um, December 31st of 2022. Okay, so you've obviously dealt with a lot of drug-related issues, and so I was just wondering, what are your thoughts on this new Minnesota marijuana law that has passed in the state? What does it do, I guess, first, and what does it mean for you? Well, for law enforcement, it, we're yet to find out exactly what it means for us. It does mean that we're going to probably be dealing with it a lot more, especially on the roadways, um, with people um, using it and then driving their car. I know it has happened in the past. It's been happening for years. But now, with it being legal, um, just the odor isn't enough anymore to, to investigate the stop because the odor is going to be there. Um, now we're going to have to try to uh, prove impairment, and without a roadside tester, can confirm be able to confirm the intoxication level, um, it's just going to make it more difficult. You know, for for many years, folks who have been in favor of passing this law say, well, it's not a big deal. It doesn't really impact you. It's not like alcohol. Uh, from your experience, is it similar to alcohol effects? Is it less um, intoxicating? Or what? where does it stand in that? You know, I... I couldn't tell you if it's more or less. It's it's it it's just like alcohol. It's another intoxicating substance. Um, it's uh, you know pe- people have told me, well, it's not a big deal. It comes from a plant. Well, so does uh, heroin and so does cocaine. <laughs> right. So the fact that it grows out of the ground doesn't make a bit of difference. Um, it's just they went so fast on creating these laws that they missed so many things. They missed how we're going to be able to um, prove intoxication if someone is is high on this stuff especially the high concentrated um gummies and edibles and they get cause a motor vehicle crash and kill someone well that family is going to want um going to want justice and if if minnesota doesn't have in their laws well they are at this certain point then then how are we going to prove that person was impaired so it's just difficult um, like like with alcohol it's 0.08 if you're over that you're legally impaired um you're liable there's not that same thing for THC concentration in the new law. So you can't say, well, you're 0.08 THC concentration because there's no way to measure it, correct? Perfect. Yeah, exactly. There's no, you can measure it. You can measure how much THC is in someone's blood. Oh. But there's no law that says how much you can or can't have and still drive. When they came up with a 0.08 for alcohol, was that something based on, well, most accidents occur or reaction time is reduced at 0.08? Or how did they actually come up with that? Do you know? And when did that occur? I don't know exactly how it came up with. I'm sure, you know, what you said had something to do with it. There's experts and medical experts and scientists, and there was a lot of studies that were done. When I first started law enforcement, the alcohol um, limit was 0.10. Oh. And um, nationwide, a lot of states went from 0.10 to 0.08, uh, and then Minnesota followed along, and I don't remember how long ago. It's been quite a while. Um, so so that's the standard. You can't be over a 0.08. Well, there's no standard for THC right now. In other states, do um, they have standards at all, do you know? Yes, I know some do. I don't know the number, but oh. I know, uh, I believe Colorado has got a standard. 
Um, and I, I'd have to look, but I know that some states put that into place before they started making it legal. So when accidents started happening or people started getting stopped for driving impaired, they could, um, they could charge someone with it because the studies were done and they knew what the, what the limit could or could be or couldn't be. Is that from a blood test or something that you have to get it? Because you can take a breathalyzer. I know that. Correct? Right. It's blood, blood or urine test. Oh, Okay, and that's more difficult, I, th- I suppose, for an officer really to get it if you're out on the road. Well, we do, we do. You, well, you don't do that on the side of the road, but okay. <laughs> we do blood and urine tests quite a bit um, now. With even alcohol, there's a lot of times people will refuse a breath test and want a blood or urine, and we have to get a, a search warrant for that. But a lot of times in um, serious car accidents or fatal accidents, that's what we'll do is just a blood test. So. How does cannabis, marijuana, affect people? Uh, THC, well, I guess, maybe you can first define what's the difference between cannabis, marijuana, THC. Well, yeah, I, I call it marijuana still, uh, mm-hmm. even though they took the word marijuana out of the statute book. Now everything's cannabis. Um, but it, that's what it is. It's THC, which gets them, that impairs them, gets them high. Um, it slows reaction time. It, it's just an impairing uh, in it causes impairment, just like anything else does. Alcohol, cocaine, heroin, it's just it's a drug that causes impairment. I'm not exactly the, the don't know the chemical and the scientific way it does it, but does it make a difference if you're inhaling it by uh, smoking it versus taking a gummy versus uh, taking it well, in a I brownie know, edible as you, they call it? Yeah, when you smoke it or vape it it affects you faster. Oh. Um, when you eat it, it just takes time to get into your bloodstream. I know a lot of these edibles and gummies, um, the THC concentration is very, very high. Um, I've seen them as high as you know, 35, 40, 50 milligrams in one, in one edible, which is quite a bit. And a lot of times we, we actually have had calls, not, not since it's been legal here in the past couple of days, but calls where people have eaten too many of them and they they call and say that they're overdosing on it. They're you know they start freaking out because they get really high, or they present to the um, emergency room saying they ate you know, THC gummies and they're um, sick or scared. So, uh, and, and a lot of times it happens with kids too. Kids will get into this stuff, and um, you know imagine you're being eight nine years old and eating what you think is a gummy bear, and pretty soon a half an hour later you're experiencing something like that. So um, it happens and it's going to happen, especially when the stuff starts showing up a lot more here. In Minnesota. Well, that now that is a, a concern you brought up the gummies because they do look like your normal gummy bears that you get from Haribo or whatever that company is. And if a kid gets it and gets high off it, for example, and they don't know what's going on, is it going to get the kid hooked on that then, like some other drugs no. do? No, I I can't. I don't think um, a kid eating one gummy is going to get turn him into a, a drug addict by no means and get him hooked on it. But it's 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 going to scare him and going to make him sick. It just isn't. It's just not healthy, you know. And, and what? And if they're impaired, what? What are they going to do? Um, you know, it's just not safe for them. And and you're right. They do look just like any other gummy bear. What is it like to get sick? I mean, do you throw up? Do you? I, I just have no idea. I don't know. I, oh, I don't know. Um, okay. I know that in states that it's been legal, like Colorado, that ER visits by children who have um, gotten into this stuff went up dramatically once it became legal. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. I'm sure every kid's symptoms are different, but um, they, they're they not expecting to get that get that feeling, and they're, you know, you take a kid that's 50, 60 pounds and give them a, 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 a amount of THC that's made for an adult who's tolerant of it, it's, it's not going to be good. 
So, Do people develop a tolerance for it? Just like any drug, the more you use it, the more you build up a tolerance for it. Okay. Now, I also read that the law that took effect Tuesday legalized marijuana for recreational use by adults 21 and older also made changes to the state's existing hemp-derived THC rules. And one of them says something about if you get a THC beverage, that's going to be your choice, but then you also can't have uh, other THC, something about you can't mix and match. So at, at bars, you have to decide between which THC project you're going to get. And some bars will offer a special wristband or stamp, which will indicate to servers that they're not drinking beer because they're using THC in another form. Wow, I didn't, you know, I haven't read that, but that wasn't, that, how are they going to regulate that, first of all? So you're saying that they're going to, if you go to a bar, you get two choices. You can either drink alcohol or THC. Yeah, this is a, a Minnesota Public Radio report that said Minnesota is looking for a night out on a restaurant or bar face the choice under the state's new marijuana law, booze or mm. THC products, but not both. And so they're saying okay. we'll give you a, a wristband saying, well, no, you've already had booze, so you can't have the THC or whatever. I don't know how you're going to do it either, but it seems like it's going to be create some issues. Uh, yeah, it sounds like that to me, too. It sounds a little confusing. And what does why is it a big deal if you mix booze and THC? Is it a, is it have a different effect or something? Yeah, it, there's there's been a lot of people that we've I've dealt with over the years who will go out to the bars and get drunk and then they'll smoke marijuana and that just, you know, impairs them even more. Um, a lot of times you make, you know, stop a impaired driver and you test them for alcohol and they're under the 08, but they're um, really, really wasted and really um, impaired. And then you come to find out that they are smoking marijuana as well on top of it. So it's, it's no different than adding any two drugs. Um, you use them, you know, a lot of people, some people are on medication that you can't drink with mm-hmm. and they'll take their medication and they'll go have a few drinks and they might not be in 08, but with that other medication on board, whether it be, you know, codeine or some mental health, uh, mental illness medications, it, then it screws them up. And, and it does the same thing with, with marijuana when you mix two of them. What do you look for then, like as, as an officer, if you suspect somebody is intoxicated, I mean, obviously with alcohol, you can smell it. But if you're pulling someone over for THC or, or cannabis use, what, what does you look for? Is Well, no impairment, slow reactions and... Um, you know, you can see a lot of times their eyes will be red and, and glossed over. I mean, and then they do the field sobriety tests. You know, if they're smoking it, you can smell that too. But if they're eating um, the edibles, you know, that's impossible to smell. So uh, it's it, it's going to be a challenge. You know, our our deputies are good at um, detecting impairment in drivers, and and there are field sobriety tests that they can conduct. But there's no uh, roadside test like a PBT breath test or anything like that. So it's going to be, like I said in the beginning, it's just going to create a challenge. So would you have to then take them in for a blood test, for example, if you suspected? If, if you could, yes, if you can show, um, you can articulate that they're impaired by the, the test that you give them, the field sobriety roadside test, then yeah, you could take them in for um, uh, a blood test. Okay, but you have to have, I suppose, a real strong suspicion or some evidence or they'd say well you pulled me over wrongly or something right and then once the blood test comes back then like i said there's no standard state standard on high how high it can can't be so then that will just have to be dealt with in court and speaking of standards do the laws regulate how much thc can be in a product or you know whether it's a smoking product or a gummy product type thing. How do you know you're get, not getting an extra high dose, for example? How is that regulated? 
Well, right now, um, or I shouldn't say right now, prior to this, the, you know, the, with the hemp THC gummies, that that was limited to, I believe, five milligrams per gummy. Um, but now they, they limit how much you can have on your possession, how many milligrams, but I don't believe that they have any rules on um, yet, at least, on um, how much can be in each each dose, but they are developing that Office of Cannabis, Cannabis Management, that board, and I, I'm guessing a lot of those rules will be ha- hashed out um, this next year. Because right now it sounds like the only place you can get it is at the, I think it was at the White Earth Reservation, and it hasn't officially... And Red, and Red Lake. Yep. And, and Red Lake. So it officially hasn't come on the market. What What's the next step before that happens? Well, they're going to develop this Office of Cannabis Management and have the, uh, a group of people from all different aspects get together, and they'll make the rules and laws. And I think they expect it to start um, retail sales right around the first of the year in, in 2025. And what are the laws about growing it? Because recently there was a case in, in Faribault, you maybe read in the news about some guy who was selling plants. He was from Mankato, and they said, you you can't do this, but then he's arguing that it's okay to do that because they didn't have flowers or something to that. Yeah, his argument was it was it was started as a hemp plant. And, um, you know, I don't know the specifics of that case, but right now um, you can grow eight plants at home and have up to two pounds of product in your home, and you can have two ounces uh, in public. How about, you know, Ribfest is coming up starting today, you know, big festivals like that. I see that the Minnesota State Fair has said no smoking at the fair. No, there will they won't allow any, you know, marijuana smoking, et cetera. Do you know here in Mankato uh, or surrounding areas, what, what are some of the rules in terms of can they bust people for smoking, for example? <sighs> Um, to my knowledge, they won't be allowing it during Ribfest in the park. Uh, I don't know 100% um, if someone applied for a permit to have special spots. I, I doubt they did. The city right now has a moratorium on um, any places popping up like that until they have a chance to look at it. So Sure, because I know it's in, the, in terms of the Minnesota State Fair, they said they have cigarette smoking uh, and use of e-cigarettes and vapes in the fair's designated smoking areas, but they do not and will not allow uh, recreational marijuana and, you know, how they enforce that. Uh, probably good luck to them too, right? <laughs> right. Yep, exactly. Well, how about, you know, we have college here. We're college town, lots of uh, university students, um, and a lot of those university students are 18, 19, and 20, and the legal age is 21. Is that a concern of parties, pot parties, as they, I suppose they call them? Well, it, it goes on now. It's been going on for years. It's just that now people probably want to be able to do it more in the wide open because it is legal. Um, but, you know, underage use, I think, is going to be a petty misdemeanor. So, like I said, we'll wait and see. It's uh, it's two days old now, so we got, yeah. we've got to wait and see and adapt to it. Were officers specially trained or doing anything to work to recognize this or any? We already are. I mean, they already are because the people have been using THC for for forever and so um, our officers and deputies already are able to determine if someone's under the influence of it so and there are some that specialize in drug recognition that can go even a little farther beyond just the you know street officers recognition so it's nothing new to have people high on marijuana and THC we've been dealing with it for years Uh, I got a text from someone saying can people smoke marijuana in public spaces now I just ask about ribs 
Fest specifically, and that's kind of on city grounds, but can you go around and go ahead and smoke it anywhere? No, you, private. You can't smoke it in public unless you're at a place that's got a permit um, oh. that's issued. I think, I think the state are issuing, but no, you can't just walk down the street and do it. Um, it's got to be private residence or a an establishment that's having a. I think they call it a THC event or something like that. Okay, so you have to. Ask, so if somebody's going to have such an event, where do they apply for a permit? Then, for example, it's through the state. Okay, and yeah, you'd have to look at. Uh, you know, the sheriff's office won't be getting into any permitting or anything like that. So it's all, it's all going to be through the state or local. I believe the local hat can provide it too. Um, it's all going to be whatever the city council or county board decides. How does law enforcement, and I know you can't speak for everyone, feel about expunging all the records, past records of of some of the what they call petty uses of marijuana and that sort of thing, petty drug use? Well, the the. Misdemeanor and petty misdemeanor possession crimes, I guess that doesn't affect law enforcement whatsoever, I, I, I don't think. But when it was illegal when they got caught with it. Um, and the, the, the ones that are going to be able to get expunged for the felony sales, I don't agree with that at all because um, it's, it was illegal when they did it, and it's still going to be illegal for them to sell and possess 15, 20 pounds of marijuana. So um, you're not going to be able to sell it unless you have a license to sell it, and you have to charge tax and give tax to the state. And when they were people were selling it back then when it was illegal and got charged with the felony sales, they weren't selling it anything legally, and they weren't giving taxes to the state, and they didn't have a permit. But yet they're um, talking about expunging those from people's records. So, do you, but, th- you know, nothing I can do about it. So it's it's yeah. uh, a moot point at this at this time, but. Do you feel that, I mean, I know you can sell it legally now, but there is this tax, which will, of course, increase the cost. Do you think there's still going to be just as much um, illegal selling of it and growing of it as maybe before? Or do you think that's going to maybe curtail that a little bit? Uh, no, it's uh, it's going to go up. Um, if, oh. it's gonna, if it's a reflection of what any other state did, um, the black market in Colorado went up um, by the tons um, they seized tons and tons of illegal marijuana in Colorado since it's been legal um, because people are able to grow it in the wide open and sell it, um, and it's, they can sell a lot cheaper than the stuff, the stuff that's being sold by the state. Um, the legislature will not, you know, they turned a, a deaf ear to the fact that the black market's going to grow. Um, if it doesn't, then Minnesota will be the only state that's it's legal where it didn't grow. So wow. if they think they got, got it figured out by what they put in, then good for them. But um, I guess call me a pessimist. I don't see it happening because every other state that's legalized it, the black market has um, went up a lot. You know, I was in Colorado a number of years back for a conference. And so in my spare time, I was walking around downtown um, Denver and just, well, you know, I'm a journalist, so I have to, I'm curious about everything and was curious about the, the use of um marijuana there and it was interesting to see there were people on the streets instead of you know need money for food it was need money for weed they actually had <laughs> signs that that said that or and i thought wow and there was a lot of people that were sitting around the downtown area that looked like they were just so wasted they had you know they were bis- i thought they were dead personally because they were motionless and i asked some law enforcement that i saw walking down the street i says well is this a concern and they go oh it's been awful it's been awful and that was from law enforcement there so when i heard that we were good talking about legalizing it here i thought "Ooh, are we going to end up with something similar so i'm just curious if you hear that from your fellow law enforcement folks 
Uh, I've been to Colorado too and seen the same thing. So um, yeah, we'll wait. Like I said, we'll have to wait and see. Um, Minnesota the legislators were confident that they've got it figured out and it'd be better than Colorado and better than any other state. And so I guess we'll we'll wait and see. How long will it take before there's a law made about the legal level so you can enforce something or have something to enforce? No idea. Okay. Because otherwise yeah, now what happens is you're going to basically, there's somebody's going to get killed in an accident or something, and then, then it will be like, okay, they were, they were high, so maybe you can do something, but there's no limit, so you can't right. prevent that. Right. Yep. No, I don't know. That's something they, they should probably get working on next session. We'll see if they do. And then uh, there was that wasn't a, that wasn't their concern um, at all when they you know yeah. this time they they wanted to push through getting it legalized and uh, traffic safety and that kind of stuff wasn't uh, wasn't a concern uh, that was brought up. Can people smoke it in their cars? Nope, you can't. But that's going to be another thing that's going to be nearly impossible to enforce. How are you going to know what they're smoking when they're going down the road? Or edibles? Um, I assume you can't. Obviously, yeah, yeah, exactly. They could be eating popcorn. They could be eating edibles, and you're not going to be able to tell. So. Another concern, well, Michigan has legalized marijuana. Another concern that they brought up and put out as a warning to Minnesota, they said, you know, you're going to have more issues of robberies, of dispensaries, and things like that. That's something that they said you should be prepared for. Yeah, that's, again, that's what's happening in other states, so we'll wait and see. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a bit of a challenge. Um, How big of a challenge do you think it'll be? Do you think it won't be as big of a deal or do you think it will be a big deal at first and maybe taper off? It's going to be challenging. I'll just put it that way. I don't know how big or how how small, but it's going to be challenging. And um, we're two days into it, and yep. we'll wait and see when when they start opening the retail stores start opening, and we'll just have to. It, it hasn't been legal long enough to to give a, a solid answer on what sure. kind of challenges we face. But you know, at the end of the day, we're still. Um, spending most of our efforts dealing on fentanyl and the opioid crisis right now. So. Sure. And, and by the way, this is another probably dumb question from me, but is can uh, marijuana be tainted by fentanyl as well as like some of the other drugs or, or not? Isn't that a yeah. concern? Yeah, there's been cases where, oh. um, not here locally, but there's that I know of, but there's been cases where people will put fentanyl in with marijuana. They can put fentanyl in anything. Why, why did they do that? No idea. Okay. I mean, does it give no them a, idea. a bigger high, or or is it cheaper? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know, but it, it they put it in. They, we've seen fentanyl and cocaine here locally, and it doesn't make any sense because one's a stimulant, one's a depressant. Oh, um, but they'll, but they'll, um, they'll put it in anything. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a, a challenge. Um, is it different for the county versus the city, or do you work in hand in hand? We work hand in hand. I think the city is going to be dealing with. Um, licensing and, and getting the dispensaries a lot more than the county. Um, but I'm, I'm, we'll wait and see. I'm sure we'll have a, our share of people that want to people that want to open up businesses in the county as well. Do you feel it's going to be more of a, pro, a rural problem or a, a, a city problem? Um, I don't know. Well, like I said, it's, <laughs> it's too so early. early. We'll, we'll wait and see what, what people come up with and, and what we have to deal with. I, I appreciate your time, Sheriff. Thank you so much. We've been talking with Sheriff Jeff Worsell about the new uh, marijuana law and how it may affect them, how it may affect our public, et cetera. Thank you so much for your time. You bet. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, hopefully you got some questions answered. Um, no smoking it in public. So, you know, and it's not technically being sold legally except in a few places. So there you go.